welcome to the Navit Gaming Podcast, where it is our mission to explore the business and future of video games. We bring together the industry's brightest builders, investors, and thinkers to keep a pulse on current events, dissect emerging trends and games, share lessons learned, and have a great time. This podcast is also part of Novik's growing ecosystem, which ranges from free and premium research to consulting and advisory services. For more information, visit www.novik.co. This episode is brought to you by Zebedee, which welcomes you to a new era of monetization and user retention. Zebedee provides a plug-and-play API and SDK for seamless integration of instant, borderless, and low-fee payments using the Bitcoin Lightning Network. With fees less than one cent, Zebedee powers over 4,000 developers across sectors, processing millions of transactions monthly. You too can unlock the potential of borderless transactions to better engage and monetize your global user base, including the unbanked, and simplify the way you handle payments. Start for free at Zebedee.io, integrate with just a few steps, and monetize your experiences. Again, that's Zebedee.io, or check out the link in the show notes. And with that, let's jump into the episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Novic Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Decay, and this is the Interview and Insights segment. I am back in the recording studio, and dang, it has been a busy last few weeks in Final Summer Travels and starting at our new studio, Ruckus Games. Um, I was at Gamescom this past week, so I'm pretty heavily recovering from jet lag. But anyway, I am super excited to kick off the fall slate of episodes um, with this episode today, which has been in a long time in the making. Um, we're talking about self-expression, brands and communities, and lifestyle fashion in the metaverse. Some of the largest games in the world run on pure cosmetic economies and the ever-present lifestyle choices of the next generation of gamers um, basically exhorts a total re-examination of what identity means in the digital space. Players have pumped hours into games like Second Life and The Sims and now more than ever focus on who you are in a game um, on Instagram, on TikTok, or whatever social gaming platform that you might use. And to this point, gaming companies like Riot and Roblox have begun catering towards bringing physical fashion um, to the digital world. So Riot has had partnerships with like Louis Vuitton, um, which as a company itself like generates around 80 billion of rep generated like around 80 billion of revenue in 2022, well ahead of any other fashion competitor. I think like Gucci trails at like 13 billion or something like that. And Roblox, as many of us know, sold a virtual Gucci bag for more than the bag's actual IRL real world price. The TLDR's drip is going digital. Um, and to discuss why, how, and what needs to be done, we have two fantastic guests on the pod, Emily Aiches, the head of business development, and Ashley Hopkins, chief creative officer, both at the House of Blueberry, a digital fashion house that's been outfitting avatars in games like Roblox and The Sims. So welcome to the pod, you guys. Thank you. Happy to be here. It's awesome. It's a great timing to have you both on. And I'm so glad that we've finally gotten around to recording this one. It has been, again, a long time in the making, many reschedulings, and and we're finally here. So um, before we dive in, I would love for you guys to both introduce yourself to the audience. Um, Ashley, why don't we start with you? Tell us how you came to join the House of Blueberry. And also, if there's a favorite game that you have that appeals to the digital fashion space. Okay. Um that's a loaded question. So we'll talk about me first. I have been doing digital fashion for around 15 years. Um, I've been in multiple platforms. Um, I met our company's founder on Second Life, um, where we created alongside each other for about 10 years. Um, and then 2021, we decided to kind of join forces and link up. And that's when I joined Blueberry. Um, since joining Blueberry, we went from one platform to now across multiple platforms and gaining momentum all the time. Um, and I'm just kind of in charge of most of what the customer sees, um, from creation to marketing, um, coming up with the design concepts, et cetera, for that. So that's what I do with Blueberry. Um, but I would have to say favorite game right now would probably be Zepetto because I'm spending so much time on it. Um, and just fashionably it's, it's really cool and a lot of fun. Um, but if I'm gaming for gaming sake, it's definitely Call of Duty. <laughs> Not a lot on the, on the female fashion front there though, oh, okay. <laughs> but and definitely that, but a fun game. <laughs> yeah. <I'm... laughs> nice. Nice. And how about you, Emily? 
Yeah, so my background in digital fashion is a little bit more recent than Ashley. I don't think I know anyone who has as much expertise in this space as Ashley. She's been doing it 15 years. So I come from more of the traditional luxury and fashion space. I was most recently at Tory Burch. Oh, um, nice. So yeah, so it, it you know it is interesting, and I'm sure we'll get into it more. There are so many parallels between. IRL fashion, real world fashion, and what we see in some of these digital places. It's really interesting. Um, so I think in terms of fashion game, I got to go with The Sims, which was you know one of the first games I played when I was growing up. And I, I just loved dressing up my avatar. So when I first uh, started talking to Ashley and the, um, the team at Blueberry, the first thing I thought of when I thought of digital fashion was actually dressing an avatar for The Sims. Um, but there's another game called Project Makeover. Uh, it's a mobile game, hmm. and it's a lot of fun. Uh, you just kind of got it. You, you give your avatar um, different hairstyles, different looks, different outfits, and it's very similar to the things that we're doing on Roblox and Zepetto. Very cool. Nice. I think um, it's been a long time since I've played any kind of like some a game that's like remote or actually, you know, I think there's like elements of customization for every single video game now at this point. But I guess I would say like it's been a long time since I've played one that like had more of that dedicated feel to it. Um, one of my favorite was actually this game called Mary Kate and Ashley Winner's Circle. Um, I haven't heard of that game in so long. <laughs> it's a show jumping game. I used to ride horses competitively for 13 years. And what? oh my gosh, like customizing my horse, the best. <laughs> the best. I was like, oh, I'm going to have this horse for this and this horse for that. And I have all my like britches and my riding helmet and everything. Um, so super excited to dive in to talk about like the business potential of games that have such a that have digital fashion as such a strong point um, uh, of their, like, I guess, business strategy. Um, and so, but before we dive in there for specifically to Blueberry, and thanks for the intros and the color around your guys' background, um, I'd love to start with the landscape of self-expression and brands and online communities. Um, and so I guess I'm going to start out just giving my example of Mary-Kate and Ashley Winter Circle about how I see self-expression. And I guess like, to be honest in Canada, I've spent a lot of my life. I haven't spent a lot of my life in sandbox worlds where I see a lot of this taking place recently. Um, but the way that I see self-expression and I want you guys to chime in as experts, because I'm sure I have like one fourth of the picture, um, is mostly on character customization via costumes and avatars in games, in digital communities where you are seen. Right. And so I might wear XYZ outfit in an MMO or multiplayer game. And this might be to flex on others um, or highlight some sort of self actualization of values or change my icon to show that I'm a fan or a supporter of something or do a specific dance move that shows my personality. But how do you guys define self expression in the digital world or through what other aspects does a game show or does self expression manifest? Um, and maybe Ashley, we'll, we'll start with you. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like any other, like even on the MMOs, you know, so when I'm, when I'm putting my character together, it's, it's self-expression for that game. Right. So if I'm doing call of duty and I want to pick a character with, you know, I would always pick a female character, smaller hitbox. Um, but when I'm, when I'm customizing my character, I'm going for a certain look and feel that fits to that game. And when you reach into other platforms, things like Roblox, Second Life, stuff like that, you're more self-expression about just like who you, not necessarily who you are, but who you want to be, right? Because when you go into a space like Roblox, for example, you can literally be anything. I could be a cat. I could be a lizard. I could be a fun alien girl. Like I could literally be anything that I want to be. And as a brand, like our main focus is giving each individual player the tools to express themselves in whatever way it is. So whether it's, you know, just like a normal hairstyle or it's antennas or, you know, whatever you want to do or be on any given Tuesday, you can do that through any kind of unique character customization. And it's so much more open in platforms like we're working with than on other digital, like other gaming platforms where it's kind of like preset. Um, that's just kind of the beauty of user-generated content is bringing, you know, more self-expression to the space for sure. 
Interesting. And Emily, um, does that, do you use your view complement or contrast to that? Um, no, I mean, I think the one thing I would just add here is that there definitely is some generational um, changes I would note too. So for Gen Z and Gen Alpha and even younger than that, um, I think Roblox came out with a study that 40% of Gen Z says that their digital identity is just as important as their physical identity. And anecdotally, and the data will show that one in five or even more than that Roblox users are updating their avatar nearly daily. So some avatars are changing more often than, uh, you know, their human counterparts. So I think that there's definitely just um, this kind of element of expression and also the novelty factor of changing what you're wearing, depending on the day, depending on your mood, the same way you would uh, in real life. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's something someone said that to me the other day about the way that Gen Z interacts and, and it, it's, they're almost kind of going, at least from, from my childhood, we tried to like escape stereotypes. You were like, Oh no, I'm not goth or I'm not the athlete or I'm not the gamer. Whereas I feel like Gen Z is actually going back more towards the system, the binning system of who do they represent? And maybe that's a little bit like more modular, but you know, that people are leaning into the themes of like, oh, do you dress as a gamer or do you dress as um, an athlete or stuff like so that? So with that said, I I definitely think there, there must be, there definitely is something there where people are kind of fitting into these more modular uh, stereotypes. But there's also a huge freedom with digital fashion that you don't have with regular fashion. So you don't have to ascribe to a gender. You don't even have to walk. You could fly. Your clothing can have sparkles and um, wings. You can wear a cat, literally a pet as a hat. So I think there's also, there's that liberating factor here too, where you can be incredibly expressive and not fit into just a few kind of predetermined molds. Got it. And then I guess like in, in that vein, right? Um, you know, you mentioned that your background is actually from Tory Burch, right? So a very physical IRL brand, right? Where do you think, how important are physical brands to be represented in the digital scape? Um, and what's the balance between, yeah, being able to wear this cat on your head versus being able to wear or like carry a Gucci handbag? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. And I think it depends on the brand. I think certain brands have more cachet to these younger audiences than others. Um, though not just younger audiences. I mean, Ashley has been working on Second Life a lot. And I'll let you speak to that, Ashley, but just how different brands show up on Second Life, which is traditionally an older audience. But I think that um, the relationship with brands is very similar to what it is in physical world, where you might really like a brand, but you might not necessarily want to wear their logo all over the place. Um, so it might just be how that brand makes you feel or being part of that community more than it is about wearing, you know, say like a Nike logo. But at the same time, we do see certain brands are kind of showing up a little bit more. And, you know, is it a chicken or an egg situation? I'll take Nike, Gucci, Vans. They all have really great experiences on Roblox. And then you also see that those brands resonate more with those generate uh, those younger audiences too. Got it. Interesting. So it is a balance of the logo presence as well as like how the brand makes you feel, but as well as also being able to customize and swap and do all that sorts of stuff. Yeah. And I think another interesting thing about yeah. the logo is that in certain platforms, you have different fidelity. So you might not even see a logo. If you think of like a Gucci print that is um, where you see a G all over a t-shirt, that might not even show up in certain platforms the way that you would want it to. Mm, really interesting. Um, and then I guess, Ashley, to your experience with, with Second Life, you said that it's a generation of people that are typically older, right? We just spent a little bit of time talking about Gen Z. Do you find that this level of like habituation of the changing my fashion, you know, whatever you said, it was more, like four times a day or something like that. It does Is, is that happening in an older generation of gamers as well? Or is that more like- a Absolutely. Okay. Probably more so, honestly, um, with the older generations, they're, they're getting out there, they're shopping more, they're, they're changing up their characters more. They're actually like, 
Whereas in Roblox and the younger generation, they play games on Roblox a lot. On places like Second Life, they're hosting events, they're going to parties, they're hanging out with their friends. So I feel like they probably change their outfit just as much, if not more, than the younger audience, um, just to kind of like fit each and every occasion. Wow. Interesting. Uh, yeah, and it, it's a it's a lot easier and like less stressful to get changed in the metaverse than it is to get not changed always, um, in real life. Um, there are reasons <laughs> that there are videos that are hours long about like character customization and character building and stuff like that. Um, it it can take me just as long or longer to get dressed in the digital fashion world because I have so many more options. I mean, it took me. 20 minutes to do my hair to come in here and talk to you. But in the digital world, it may take me an hour to go through that hair folder and pick something cute to match my outfit. Yeah, (laughs) that's fair. That's fair. You know what? Actually, I have been stuck at the beginning of the character creator and RPGs for probably four hours. You're like, oh, I'm going to start Divinity to Original Sin. And then it's like (laughs) you start at like 2 p.m. and it's like 8 o'clock and you have not left the screen. (laughs) You're like, blue or slightly pink. Blue or slightly pink. Absolutely (laughs) that because then by the time that I picked my hair, I have this on-screen pop-up, which we would call like a HUD. Um, we would have that on the screen and I would have to go through hundreds of hair color options. So it's like, not only did I have to pick a style, then I have to pick a color and then I have to make sure it matches the outfit. And sometimes that changes a few times. So character customization is like one of the biggest parts of the game for me. Not to mention the layering and the different avatar shapes and bodies. It it takes me a long time to get dressed sometimes. I I sometimes ask for styling advice from Ashley. I was going to say, sometimes she has to tag team it too. (laughs) She'll attempt it for a few hours and then she's like, ah, take it. (laughs) Got it. Um, And then I guess uh, one more macro question is, do you guys often see things going the reverse way? Um, taking in-game digital cosmetics and making them into real-world clothing. Um, I've known that a lot of Web3 brands have tried to make their digital NFT lines into some sort of physical representation, whether that be like a Pudgy Penguins making Pudgy Penguin stuffed animals or Bored Ape making T-shirts or Azuki making skateboards, right? Um, Where do you guys see that as a part of the entire self-expression strategy of taking your digital identity and bringing it? We're very focused on like brand first and what we do first right now. So it's not really something that we're kind of diving into. I mean, there are plenty of other brands in the space that have done it, right? Um, I know like Forever 21 on Roblox created a beanie that said forever. And then Forever 21 in the physical world sold the beanie um, and it did really well. I know that like it's definitely something that, that brands are reaching out and doing. It's not really like... A direction that we've headed yet um as we're so about like the avatar and really creating that special look for your avatar in the digital space we just haven't really branched into that yet but yeah i think it's a good point ashley um we are just really focused on being a digital brand first and not having the physical clothing and all of the headaches that go with that and that is kind of our unique positioning within this space but it is a great opportunity there's a huge opportunity between digital and physical for other brands. And um, so some businesses will sometimes test in the metaverse. So if something does well, they may actually end up creating a new product category like that forever beanie that we just mentioned. Um, Our friends at Forever 21 ended up having like a bestseller from something that they tested in Roblox. And I think that was kind of a great opportunity for them. And then this is not something that Blueberry is doing, but there is also a lot of just great technology around digital fashion. And we do see that sometimes that technology is used in the physical fashion worlds um, to kind of improve the processes there. Maybe it's a quicker speed to market. Maybe it's relying less on samples because you could do so much more digitally. That innovation is really exciting too. Got it. Yeah, I've definitely um, have always been super curious about that because also just like running the testing environment is something really interesting about being able to kind of like run almost like uh, like sentiment tests with a certain piece of clothing before you actually spin it up. But like the CPG business and the games economy, online digital goods business are substantially different. So flexing into retail versus digital, I'm sure is like not necessarily like super easy. Um, and for uh, someone who's a data oriented, like our team, but it, it is, it is just such a great place to test things because you have such volume here. Mm. We're talking about 200 
10 plus yeah. million MAU on Roblox. Um, so you're able to really test with a significant sample size. Got it. Yeah. And it sounds like this is actually like a perfect opportunity to, to, to dive into, you know, you just said you guys are really focusing on being a digital only, only fashion brand, um, to talk about what the house of blueberry is, its business and kind of how it came to be. It sounds like you guys call it blueberry, but, um, I would love to know about the name for house of blueberry. To me, the first thing that comes out, <laughs> comes up is Burberry. So I'm like wondering if there's any relation to Burberry versus blueberry. Um, so Whoever wants to take a stab at this one, um, feel free. Ashley, you got it. <laughs> okay. So funny story. I worked with Blueberry for several years. Uh, like I said, I worked alongside the founder of Blueberry for 10 years. And when I finally joined the company, I said, why Blueberry? Because I mean, that was my question too. Like I, I thought maybe the same thing, maybe the Burberry play. And she says to me, well, because strawberry was already taken. And that's it. That's it. We ended up blueberry because strawberry was taken. We were a couple of seconds and a decision away from being grape or being like <laughs> plums, you know, um, and said we're blueberries. And I, I couldn't love it more um, being just blueberry. But yeah, we've, we've had a couple of people um, in the comment section on our group on Roblox, you know, and it's, it's mostly like a younger audience. We've had a couple of them be like, did you mean Burberry? <laughs> we're like, no, no, we're absolutely just blueberry. That's it. Interesting. Oh, that's super funny. Like just thinking like house of pineapple, house of, pe house of peach. Like, yeah, yeah, we like could totally been house of pineapple. <laughs> Maybe a spinoff brand. Peaches. Um, I don't, I don't know. House of pineapple might be like trademarked or something by SpongeBob. I, we're not oh, really sure. Oh yeah. SpongeBob <laughs> or the, or, or you could get a little pineapple expressy. Not sure if that's like the really the right direction you right. want to be going. Um, right. But, okay. Very cool. So literally just another berry. Strawberry was Got taken. It. Got yeah, it. Yeah. Strawberry was okay. taken. <laughs> Blueberry okay. was an execute fruit. So the name House of Blueberry, um, let's talk about the product, right? Um, what is it specifically that you guys do? I noticed, for example, that you've built out several partnerships with fashion houses. Um, you know, one might presume that you bring physical high fashion stuff to the virtual, or do you guys design clothes yourselves? So about 90% of what we do, I would say, is like our own, like we're coming up with concepts, we're creating designs, we're putting those in. Um, we're we have teamed up with other companies. Uh, we did a digital fashion show, the first metaverse fashion show in second life for Jonathan Simkai. Um, that was a lot different than what we typically do, you know, where we're creating our own designs and we're coming up with things, um, plays off of, you know, trends in real life and things like that. Whereas when we did something like that, it was taking Jonathan Simkai's designs and translating that real life runway fashion mm. into the digital space. Um, we did the same thing with Notori to a degree. Um, with Notori, it was a really fun project because they entrusted with us to take their designs, their iconic prints, and kind of um, gear them towards the digital space. So we kind of took their designs, matched with what we know works and sells in the digital space, and kind of like fused the two together. Um so that's, that's like a small portion of what we do is taking real life fashion and bringing it in. Um, but the biggest portion is just kind of like our creative team coming up with what they think the audience, whether it's an older audience or in Second Life or a younger audience on Roblox, like what's going to really resonate with them. Um, and that's, that's kind of the core of what we do is just like our own creation based off of our community, based off of the data, what we see in the space um, and kind of like trend forecasting based off of like real life and what we think will be hitting the digital fashion space next. And sometimes that's backwards even like sometimes we see, we see things really taking off in the digital space and we're like, okay, this is going to be a big thing, sure. you know, coming soon. Like early mm -hmm. last year, we were all in on the nineties stuff. We were like, nineties is going to be a big thing. You know, we're thinking like clueless schoolgirl looks. Um, and then, you know, here we are a year later doing a clueless collaboration in Roblox. So it's, it's definitely, it's definitely a fun space to be in, but um, it's kind of like 90% us, 10% other fashion brand collaborations. 
I see. And so on the Clueless collaboration, which I also did see, also I'm a huge, I love the movie. Um, what <laughs> what an iconic 90s film. Um, yeah. One of, it's one of my favorite. Baby Paul Rudd. It's so cute. Um, <laughs> he looks the same though. <laughs> he doesn't teach much. <laughs> no, he, yeah, he actually, you're right. He doesn't. Um, but uh, so t- t- walk me through kind of like how that partnership came to be, right? So, you know, you said 90% of the time you guys are doing your own fashion. So is this more of like, did you reach out to the people who, you know, own the Clueless IP and do something um, more branded? Or did you guys were like, we're going to do a 90s theme and then we're going to kind of pay for the trademark of Clueless and then kind of move from there. Um, and you're talking about serving customers and you said uh, Second Life and Roblox. Um, I assume then then you're building clothing with specific skeleton rigs for right. those games right now, right? So right. those are like your main platforms. Okay, so. So with partnerships, I would say generally, um, they will come to Blueberry or they'll come to the platform and the platform will connect us to the IP partner or the fashion partner, whoever it may be. And oftentimes they come in with uh, a strategy in mind or an opportunity in mind. So for Mm -hmm. example, we want to reach a younger audience or we want to age up our IP. We want to reach an older audience or it might just be a commercial like a revenue play. So oftentimes, I would say 100% of the time it's inbound, but oftentimes we do play a little bit of a matchmaking game where we will connect an IP or a brand to a platform depending on what their goals are for that partnership. Got it. So with the case of Clueless, we you know partnered with them to bring um, the iconic Clueless fashion into Roblox. And it was actually just coincidental that we had such success with 90s. Um, Really the summer before, uh, we had a very successful 90s summer girl collection. And it, um, you know, oftentimes we do see those trends um, where 90s is super popular, probably for a couple of seasons now. Um, But in, in some ways, it predated the physical trends as well. And so for, again, I guess that's a, again, that's a brand approaching you guys said like a lot of it's inbound. So they're like, okay, we want to, we want to make some traction, um, with, uh, the Roblox audience. So we're coming to go find a digital fashion house like you guys to plug in to Roblox specifically. Um, and in that regard, you're like almost like a little bit of like, you know, you are a B2, like B2B company because like you're really like serving you're making your fashion available to Roblox as opposed to necessarily like direct to the consumers themselves, um, where they're not downloading House of Blueberry packages and then going to the game and like using those as mods, right? They are literally, your stuff is available directly in the Roblox store, right? right? So there's a marketplace um, in most of the platforms that we're on. So Second Life, Zepetto, and Roblox, there is a marketplace that Mm -hmm. is direct to avatar, direct to consumer, Mm -hmm. but we are using the platform themselves as the marketplace. I got it, got it, got it. And is there some sort of like, you know, right now you're sticking with Zepetto, um, Roblox and Second Life. Um, would you guys, how do you guys consider sort of which um, gaming companies to sort of partnership or like integrate with? Um, you know, a question that immediately comes into my mind is, you know, what about like UEFN um, and other stuff like that? Uh, or even like The Sims? Um, how do you guys think about your strategy in terms of like Warehouse of Blueberry um clothing is available? So we do actually have assets available for The Sims um, already. It's kind of, um, historically, it's been what upcoming platforms do we see? Um, How do we resonate with that platform? Like, how do Mm -hmm. we connect with the platform? If I go in and I say, you know, there's like, there's a little bit of digital fashion here, but there's not really like a big play on it yet. I don't really feel like we're going to be connecting with the, the consumer here. Um, you know, like some of the digital spaces are more about like, um, like digital land, real estate type stuff. That's not really a space for us yet. Um, some games are more like focused on like the actual gameplay versus more on the UGC side. So we kind of like go into the space, figure out where we connect with it. If it's, if it's something that we feel like we'll fit in with, or 
even if it's not yet there, it's something, can we set the trend here? Like, can we make digital fashion like the forefront of this space? So we go in and we figure out like the logistics of, of the platform, um, what kind of softwares they use for creating there. If it's something that fits with us, like Zepetto, um, ended up being a really good fit. Roblox was kind of a no brainer. It's, it's a huge platform. Um, it was very big on the UGC. We came in right as layered, like the 3D sure. mesh clothing was really becoming a thing. Um, and we knew that like that would be a good space for us. Then Zepetto, it's a mobile game. Um, I literally was looking at fashion games on like on the app store and I come across Zepetto and I was like, oh, this is really cute. The characters are really cute. The fashion is there. Like they're really customizing their characters. Got into the game, started playing it. If I can love it and be passionate about it, our customers will too. So that's kind of like the front stage of it. And then it's like getting our creative team on board and they're going in and they're learning the space. And then, you know, it's just kind of like a whole launch process from there. So as we're like on Zepetto, we're stable, we're really loving it. That is always there. Like, what's the next thing? Where do we want to be next? Um, so it just kind of like, that's kind of the process for it. Yeah, I would definitely say, like Ashley said, first, we want to make sure it's that fit. Um, so the first kind of criteria would be, is there a fit? Is there an audience for it? Does Ashley like it? Ashley is our, you know, chief creative officer and really the creative and art director of the, of the, of the brand. And then we do look at the mechanical side, the mechanics, the technical side, what softwares are needed. And then lastly would just be kind of the commercial side of this. Is there a marketplace? What, um, you know, what are the economics of this platform? Um, what is the average cost of a wearable asset? I see. Yeah. And maybe that's actually a good, a good pivot. Um, I wanted to ask about what some of the economics are uh, on this platform for you guys, right? Um, so Obviously, Roblox for a developer is around 50-50 right now. Um, it's, it's pretty severe, actually. Um, Zepetto, I'm completely unfamiliar with their economics. Um, but I'm wondering whether or not, it sounds like there's three parties involved, right? Like you're sharing with the platform, your platform partner, yeah. that's like a Zepetto or Roblox. And then you're also sharing with your consumer. So sort of walk me through sort of the business model for how you guys evaluate whether or not it's worth it to go onto a specific platform. Oh boy. <laughs> I feel like that's another question. That's another podcast. Um, yeah. So I think, I mean, one other thing that is also really interesting is that there is different currencies on each of these platforms. Totally. Um, so it's funny, Ashley and I have these spreadsheets and we have like five different letters that equate to different currencies. Um, so I think we definitely want to look at what the take home rate is. So what percentage of each sale is, um, you know, is House of Blueberry actually taking home? Mm -hmm. And then we also do want to look at the conversion from the local currency into US dollar or into, yeah. you know, fiat currency, because I think that's important too. And that's something that we find is a little bit different in practice than what you might see, you know, on the website. Uh, no oh, terms yeah. of service. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's also really blended. Um, I remember doing this project for the Overwatch currency skew bundles. Basically, like you have a different conversion rate depending on the size of the bundle that's most often chosen. So if you're, right. you're selling 100 gems for $5.99, you're selling 1,000 gems for you know $15.99, right? There's a discount on the gems. Right. So then your exchange rate from fiat to gems is weighted by the actual, like every day it actually changes based on right. like, how much system is entering. Um via what's currency skew. So I definitely yeah. hear you. It can be incredibly complicated and also like managing on multiple platforms. Like PC is the easiest in terms of like what their web shop is. But if you're doing any kind of stuff with console, ah, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so that, that, that's really interesting. And so it's like, do you guys have like in that way, like a, I'm about to use a really big finance term here, but like a hurdle rate for what you guys like need to clear um, in order to, to, to release to a specific platform? Uh, we we actually don't. Um, that's a maybe that's good homework for me and Ashley to take. But we are incredibly kind of data oriented. Um, so we will try to model out what we think our projected revenue mm -hmm. might be for a collection using historicals from other platforms or what we can get from that platform too. Yeah. I think another thing to consider also is how things are priced on each platform. So we might be able to sell something. Um, you know, converting to fiat, converting to US, we might be able to sell an asset for more on Second Life than on Roblox. And that's because the audience is 
little bit older, Older. they might have more discretionary income. The quality of the asset might be a little higher too. So it's, it's not even just apples to oranges to pineapples. It's also, you know, the cost of the apple versus the cost of the orange on each of these, these platforms. Sure. Sure. Yeah. You're just making sure that your contribution margins for all of your uh, assets are positive. And um, I would love to talk actually a little bit about like your production pipeline um, of how you guys are making the asset or how the studio is sort of situated to make assets for all different sorts of sorts of games. Before we go there, you know, we've talked about like the Ashley test a bunch of times, like, oh, Ashley likes it, (laughs) the consumer's going to like it. Um, so before we switch over, to, <laughs> um, so before we shift over to some of the the, the production stuff, um, I would love to to talk about how you think about who your customers are. If they are passing the Ashley test, well, you know, maybe one might presume that they're predominantly female, um, and wondering whether or not that's that's true for your guys' specific lines in general. We've talked a lot about like female clothing. Um, and so I was wondering if you could talk maybe a little bit about some of the demographics that you guys feel like you serve in terms of players. Sure. Um, on Second Life, like our native platform, um, our audience was primarily female or female identifying on game. Um, because like Emily stated earlier, like you can literally, you can choose your gender, you can be genderless, you could do whatever. So um, our clothing, like, leaned more female um, on Second Life. And then as we went into Roblox, we felt, okay, that's going to be the same thing on Second Life. Like the female audience is the, the audience that's buying the most, obviously. And that I felt would be true everywhere, right? Um, Roblox, we learned that it's a little bit different. Like we are starting to kind of branch out and create more unisex items um, on Roblox and even some male leaning items just because the the gameplay there is so much different the audience is so much different on roblox like you have the younger audience we have a lot of boys coming into the space and they're like where's our clothes we're like oh you know we've never really done that before but maybe we should and it's kind of like us as a brand like growing and evolving like we still want to be very focused and very dedicated to what we do but maybe we need to branch out a little so we're doing that in roblox um and then in zepetto once again it's primarily female focused for us. So it kind of depends on the audience. It's a lot of getting in there and seeing what what like our customer base actually wants. I spend hours in Roblox, like running around in our game, um, playing with, I like to, to refer to them as the kids because they are typically a really young audience in Roblox, but like running around and playing in there with them, talking to them. They tell us what they want. They're very vocal about like, oh, you should come out with wings next, or you should come out with antlers next, or we really love your hair. Maybe you could do some short hairstyles, um, you know? And so it's just, it's really about the community, honestly. As as much as it's about the designs and the creation, it's about the community and connecting with your community because the community will tell you exactly what you want. I mean, they don't leave you guessing. They don't, they don't you know, um, leave much to the imagination. Like they'll come in and they'll say, I want a hoodie that has cat ears and also a tail and it should be this color. And you're like, okay. And if you create that, you know, they, they love it. And it's just, it's one more way that we connect with our community is finding out how, what they're wanting, how they want it. Um, and then kind of bringing that vision to life for them with our own unique flair on it. So yes, I'm going to give you a cat hoodie with a tail that's orange, like your tabby cat from when you grew up. But I'm also going to make it leave paw prints as you walk because that's my flair, you know? So it's, it's just really, it's just really about connecting with the audience. Um, and that's actually really interesting that you guys are taking so, so much receptive feedback from your community. A question that I had had, um, and this is also where I was going a little bit with the, you know, if your audience is predominantly yes. female, it sounds like your audience is predominantly female identifying, but yeah, there's actually absolutely. a significant number of male gamers that will play as female characters in lots of video games um, because of reasons. And um, some of those reasons may be either really positive or some of those reasons might be not so positive. Um, and so now we're, you know, streamers are discovering that in Baldur's Gate, you can take off all oh. your clothes. Um, <laughs> and they're like, wow. Um, and so, you know, I had done a study, um, I had done a podcast on um, 
competitive um, esports and examine some of the gender bias there. And in that research, you found that like you know only six percent of video games feature female characters as lead roles, but there's lots of RPGs and stuff where you can play as a female. Uh, how do you balance, you know, maybe the representation of women that it might be predominantly sexualized in games um, and with the freedom of self-expression, right? So, like, what if someone in your game wants something that's really a piece of really suggestive clothing? How does the House of Blueberry tango with those kinds of dynamics? In Roblox, we would ignore <laughs> because it's the younger audience and we we keep our stuff very tasteful mm. there. Um, Roblox also does a really good job of moderating their content to make sure that things are kept tasteful. Um, spaces like Second Life, where you have a very adult audience, it does happen. Um, our, our creations for Second Life are very aged up compared to our creations for Zepetto and Roblox with the younger audience. Zepetto sits kind of in the middle of our audience age range, um, where Roblox can be, I mean, six years old at the youngest to, you know, like uh, there is a really growing audience there in like the twenties, um, for Roblox and like, you know, up to, but then you've got second life where it's, it's pretty predominantly like 25 to 60 and maybe even up from there, you know? So it's just a very, like very wide age range there. Um, so those assets would be a little more a little more aged up. You know, we're gonna have dresses that have slits that come up really high and like lower necklines and things like that. Um, so again, it's there's definitely really connecting with community. Go ahead. I was gonna say there's there's definitely the demand for that on second line. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that one thing that House of Blueberry has done very very well is had such a strong uh, commitment to the community. So we have multiple community managers per platform. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have kind of basic standards. Um, we have, you know, no tolerance for any form of discrimination or any hurtful language. Our community managers are so involved and so deeply um, kind of entrenched in the community that we do, regardless of what the avatar assets look like, we we do try our best and do an effective job at keeping it very safe. I think that's something that's very, very important to us is allowing people to express themselves, but allowing it to be done yeah. in a way that is safe for all. Yeah. Yeah. You know, regardless of gender, regardless of age, regardless of, uh, you know, whoever you might be in the real world, we, we want to make it safe for you. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a beautiful mission. I think a lot of times, like what I've really appreciated in like, at least the past couple of years, at least like on Instagram and stuff like that, I feel like there is a change in terms of like what female beauty is supposed to look like in terms of like that, a wider global dispersion of like, and I think this is actually like one of the great things about like Instagram and TikTok or whatever is that you have a more universal perspective of like what women look like in different places. And then that like really burgeons this idea that like, oh, like there are every race, every body, every skin tone has some sort of like element of beauty to it. Um, But in that regards, like you guys are probably delivering content, you know, for different skin tones, different body sizes as well, um, different genders, like you said. And maybe this is an opportunity to pivot back to the production angle. But like, if you're making a piece of clothing, that's supposed to fit like nine different types of avatars. <laughs> How are you guys sort of optimizing your production at your actual company to be serving so many different platforms? It's a pedo Roblox or Z- second life, right. To actually be churning out that number of assets in such a different, in such a variety of permutations for body size, height, whatever else yeah. there is. So how we've done it, is we've managed to function on very little sleep. Um, <laughs> the answer is spaces, manpower. <laughs> yes. Um, in spaces like like Second Life, we have 15 bodies at this point. That, and that's just 15 female bodies that we service in this space. Um, like we create clothes. There are creators just dedicated to like body creation. Um, all different sizes of bodies. You know, it's, it's really... That platform has so such good representation of like you can be anything you want to be. Um, one of the most popular add-ons is cellulite in Second Life, and you know it's something that you would think people are shying away from 
absolutely not. You've got cellulite, you've got scars, you have stretch marks, um, veins, uh, everything. Everything is represented there. It's very, very like open and inclusive. It's such a great space. It's something that Rollbox is also currently working on. Um, they have like more avatar customization coming soon. That's really exciting. Um, there are several different avatar style bodies there as well, but every piece, so like every piece of clothing that we create for Blueberry Second Life has to be, so it's first made around like our model body, which is just standard female body. And then once the the creation process of it is started, then it goes off to someone who sizes it. And so then he takes this one shirt and sizes it across all 15 bodies and then it goes from him to somebody who does the rigging and our rigger takes all of those sizes and make sure they move with each body. And platforms like Roblox really have figured that out. They have one rig. So it doesn't matter if I'm a cat. It doesn't matter if I'm a snake. It doesn't matter if I'm a T-Rex or a person. That one rig works across all of these. So I can take my tiny jacket that I'm wearing on my avatar now, who's just a regular human, and I can wear it on the giant T-Rex. It's just the same. Second Life, we don't really have that yet because the bodies are um, created by a creator like us versus by the platform itself. So we have to size to those different ones. So like a creation for, it's kind of like where Emily was saying, like it can be apples to oranges. A creation for a Second Life is going to take much more time because there's so many more like aspects to it um, versus something for Roblox where we're creating it, we're rigging it, that, that could be the same person um, versus a team. So, yeah, it just kind of depends on the platform to what, like, the pipeline for creation looks like. Um, but it's definitely manpower. <laughs> but one thing I think that <laughs> it is, there's definitely, um, I think we've we've learned as we've expanded, we're on kind of three and a half platforms right now. And we are looking at new platforms, like we mentioned. Um, but we are learning Absolutely. where there are efficiencies, across the platforms and where there does need to be very specific team members dedicated to that one platform. I think one thing we've done a good job at is getting these platforms to speak to one another. So not just the design teams, but then also the community, uh, the social, uh, the marketing, so that we do take some of these best practices across the platforms. And Ashley's done a really good job at kind of being this, like I've said, the, the, the art director, the creative director, where she'll take some of the work she's doing on the style casting and trend casting and kind of apply it across all the platforms. Got it. Yeah, I think that's super interesting. And I mean, like such a huge solve on on the Roblox side. And it's, uh, um, you know, for them, and maybe that's a point of like, when you evaluate a platform, you're like, okay, well, like what kind of tools do they provide us to make our production floor flexible? Like if you only have Absolutely. to make- if there's only one rig, I mean, that's huge. And they have like such a variety of different bodies where, whereas like in second life, it is a ton more, a ton more work to develop all those skeletons. Right. Um, and, uh, obviously like part of that contribution margin process of you saying the cost of the apple versus the price of mm -hmm. the apple. And you actually deserve to charge people right. in second life more because it costs so much more to make. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And the level of detail in an item that goes into Second Life versus the level of detail for something for Roblox, mm -hmm. just, I mean, night and day in comparison, um, because there are so many like limitations. Roblox has so many users. It's game based. So like they, they have limitations on each product so that you don't create lag in the game and things like that versus Second Life is a little more open. Um so we can just, we can put the stitching in the mesh if we want on Second Life. So like you have a shirt, but it's got like stitches in it versus in Rollbox, all of that's going to be done in like the flat texture in Photoshop. So just a lot of differences there. Got it. Another great efficiency we have, and though it's not always, we're not always doing this, but um, we, we do have an asset library of over 10,000 assets. I think that's even growing. I don't, I don't even know if that's the up-to-date number. <laughs> It's 20,000, yes. <laughs> so we do also have the ability to kind of look and see what we've done before. And it's not as simple, like people probably imagine just copy and pasting onto a new avatar. It's obviously much more complicated. Like Ashley was just explaining all the different body types, but it is helpful to have that vast library of previous collections and assets, SKUs that we can always build upon. Right. Yeah. 
And I guess like you guys have a library um, of 20,000 assets. I would wonder whether or not you guys could talk a little bit about how you see like the competitive scene in digital fashion houses. Um, I mean, in the real world, like my God, this tooth and nail, right? Like if I'm wearing Burberry or Louis or anything else, like it's a massive um, or Balmain, like it's a massive competitive space over high-end digital fashion houses. Would you say that for you guys, this space is hyper-competitive? Um, and if so, like who are some of the competitors that you, um, that you feel like you have and what niche and what separates you from that? This is, I want to let Ashley answer this, but this is such an interesting question, Alex, and something we were just talking about as a team on Friday, because the platforms themselves have played around with uh, scarcity um, and limiting items versus having a marketplace that is entirely flooded because that mm-hmm. is where actually digital fashion is different is that you there's a limit on the amount of assets or inventory that you could even sell in a in a store mm-hmm. there is less of a limit on a you know on the Roblox avatar marketplace so I think I'll let Ashley speak to this one but such an interesting question so <laughs> Blueberry itself for like the last 10, 12 years in Second Life has worked really hard at kind of taking the fact that like there is competition in the space. I mean, there's always going to be competition. There's there's a customer pool and you want that customer pool. But we have always strived to make it less competitive, more collaborative. Um, we as a company now are the same way as it was when it was just a single person running blueberry, lifting up other creators, always promoting other creators. Like that is something you see in the digital space that you don't see as much in this physical space, right? Like I am going on Twitter and I am admiring all of the work that all of the other Roblox creators are doing. I'm going to retweet it. I'm going to share it. I'm going to like, I'm going to post it. I'm going to wear it on our avatar for the blueberry account where other people are going to see it. We're very about like, promoting each other. Um, so while there is still a little bit of competition, obviously, there's a lot more like collaboration, cohesiveness, like everybody working together to kind of support one another. Um, we do a lot of on-platform collaborations. So like it would be what, like Gucci and Balming collaborating in the real world. That's the kind of thing that we do in the digital space all of the time. We are taking our brand and another brand and saying, hey, how can we create a collection together that's going to really like fill the needs of both of our communities? And that's kind of like something that's very important in the digital space is just working together and like creating this sense of like one big community within the platform versus like having, you know, digital fashion houses that compete against each other. We're all kind of like finding ways that we can work together for the community. I see. Yeah. I think it's just such an interesting idea because like people do, like you said, like people can change, they change their outfits more often. Um, They have such a higher like clip of things they can run through. The price point is so much cheaper, right? right? Like I, you have $3,000 to spend on a bag. You're buying one bag. Like (laughs) it's a, you could buy an entire pool of, you know, gems for 20, 20 bucks. And then all of a sudden you could be, I could shop at the house of blueberry. I could shop at music collective. I could shop anywhere I wanted to, I could shop directly from the platform itself, right? Or the plethora of UGC content creators on the platform. Um, And so it's sort of like, how does that dynamic often spin, often go, right? And sort of um, what kind of like difference in terms of like clothing style and aesthetic do you guys feel like you you know you like you have um but it's um something that i'm just particularly interested in because it's obviously like it's you have such a wide market but they're also because it sounds like your consumers are a little bit um might be like less brand loyal maybe than yeah. some people are in in real life so it's true to agree yeah um like emily was talking about with the logos like it's something in the digital space they don't care about the logos as much um mm-hmm. like you know, we did see like when Gucci came in, that Gucci bag did really well. Um, but you're going to see someone but wearing- that Gucci bag actually wasn't a, it wasn't just the print of the G everywhere. Right. It was actually the, I believe it was the Dionysus bag, which looks, it's actually more of a vintage look. Right. So it didn't even look quintessential Gucci the way we exactly. think of Gucci. And that's what I'm saying is like, while it sold really well, it sold really well, I believe for like the novelty of it for to a degree, 
but you're not going to mm-hmm. see them running around in Definitely. t-shirts that say Gucci on it as much as you're going to see them running around in a plain black crop top, which is our number one seller, just a plain black crop top. And you're going to see that <laughs> more than anything because they can mix and match that with other things. Like they can make it goth by wearing it with our black leather jacket, or they can make it preppy by wearing it with our pink puffer coat. Um, so they, they can mix and match things and kind of like create unique styles. And that's something that's like very at the core of what we are doing is we're creating pieces that can be made into multiple different outfit styles. And we do that on Second Life. We do that on Roblox. Everywhere we go, we're creating like these basic staple pieces that you can then use like our very like specialized pieces to kind of create really unique looks. But you're not going to see blueberry printed across the front of it because they just don't really care about that. They care about the fashion and the look more than the name. Um, But in the sense of like brand loyalty, like that is, it's a very big thing on spaces like Second Life with the older audiences. Like they do have that sense of brand loyalty. Like they're going to come back each week and see what we've created this week. Um, But it's because they like the quality and the look and the color options and the fit options it's definitely not because blueberry is printed on the front of the shirt the same way that i'm going to go to a store and buy it you know for the brand printed across it in real life yeah it's it's a much different feel when it comes to that i think um generally uh and i've i've watched you know i'll watch my nieces go through the process of going to the avatar marketplace on roblox and shopping yeah. I think generally there's yeah. actually not a lot of brand loyalty, at least on Roblox and Zepetto. Second Life, like Ashley said, you know, uh, demographically skews older. Psychographically, you might see some differences there too. But oftentimes on Roblox, we don't see that there's loyalty to a specific brand. Um, it's kind of about the experience just searching on the marketplace. So someone might search for black crop top before they search for the House of Blueberry black crop top. But with that said, one thing that is really interesting is that we have a we have a pretty high number of unique customers on second on Roblox. I mean, close to our second life number, and we've been on the platform for literally one tenth of the time. We do see a significant number of repeat purchasers too. And so I think some of that brand loyalty has to do with the community even more than it has to do with seeking out those specific assets. I mean, they know that they're going to get a high quality UGC asset, but there's also that relationship to Ashley, to the Blueberry account, to the Blueberry shop experience that we've created on the platform, to our group. So um, it's interesting to see how loyalty is different on these different platforms. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say it's the exact same way for Second Life as well. Like they've built a connection with us as the creators and that's why they continue to come back is because, I mean, they know about our children. (laughs) They know about our pets. They know about the fact that I just moved at the beginning of the month. Like we're very in tune with our community and they know you on like a personal level. It's definitely not just about the brand or just about the logo. It's, it's about so much more than that in the digital space. And that's, that's something that I've spoke on a lot when like talking to up and coming creators who are like looking to dive into the space or like, um, end of last year or beginning of this year, actually, it's been a long year when I spoke at South by Southwest and people were asking questions about like, how did we get into the space? I'm like, the first and most important thing is the community always like in this space, you can have a really, really great product and not connect, connect with the community and go nowhere. Or you can have, you know, a beginner level product, but really be like into the community and be viral. It's, it's so much more community based here than it is about like the product or the logo or the price points or anything else. Absolutely. And that's why a lot of brands have success or don't depending on whether or not they engage with the community or work with endemic creators. So Gucci and Forever 21 did a great job of actually working with creators, including some, you know, some of our good friends, people that we've collaborated with to work on the designs so that it's coming from the community. It's not just like from the corporate offices at LVMH, this is what we think will do well on Roblox. It's actually much more, um, you know, embedded in that local community. Guys, that is very, very, very cool. Um, And it has been such an awesome episode listening to you guys talk about um, digital self-expression, building your community, and honestly building also a bold vision for female, well, those that identify as female (laughs) gamers. 
um, <laughs> by also female gamers. And so I guess um, in, our, in our last rapid fire question, I would love to know very like off the cuff um, lightning round, what game or community you would love to design clothes for if you like immediately, like the one that you don't design clothes for right now, but which one would be like a dream to, to, to do um, digital design for? Hotel Hideaway. Question. What? Hotel Hideaway. <laughs> Hotel Hideaway. Okay. And Emily? Oh my God, this is more controversial, but I would want to get on Meta because you just oh. have access to so okay. many more, <laughs> so many more people. Here, hold on, let me explain, Ashley. For those who can't see, Ashley's hands are covering her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> So Meta has such a huge user base. And if we could get on Meta, so many more people who don't identify as gamers can see the opportunity with digital fashion. Yeah. All right, I buy it. I buy it. We could go to the, the, corporate, the corporate meta. She wants to go to the corporate metaverse. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, just, um, the gamers are. She's like, meta. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go where the people are. I've talked about this before. I think there's also, you know, a lot of opportunity. Like, why don't go on Zoom where we don't no. have to be wearing the clothes we're wearing right now. We could have, you know, assets that, that help us. Life so much easier. Let's do for that. Business Let's that do would it. help me get dressed every morning for, for sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, if any of our listeners are interested in getting in touch with you guys um, to either rock the house of Blueberry or um, to get in touch with both you and your team, you know, how can they uh, reach out? Um, Ashley, we'll start with you. We are at Wear Blueberry on Twitter, at Wear Blueberry um, on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, we also have a website where we take inbound stuff as well. Emily, do you want to get that? Amazing. Awesome. Okay, guys, on that note, uh, I wish I could sit here and talk about digital fashion forever, but we'll be concluding. <laughs> thank you, Emily and Ashley, for coming on. And thank you to our listeners. Um, I'll be back in two weeks. Um, and until next time, friends, feel free to hit me up at alexandra.novic.co if you've got any questions, comments, or concerns. Would love to hear your feedback. Um, and yeah, have a good thank week. You. Bye, guys. Bye. If you enjoyed today's episode, whether on YouTube or your favorite podcast app, make sure to like, subscribe, comment, or give a five-star review. And if you want to reach out or provide feedback, shoot us a note at podcast at or find us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Plus, if you want to learn more about what Novik has to offer, make sure to check out our website, www.novik.co. There, you can sign up for the number one games industry newsletter, Novik Digest, or contact us to learn about our wide-ranging consulting and advisory services. Again, that is www.novik.co. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode.